0: Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, The Amateur Footballer, brought to you by the down to play app.
1: Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchArk. Playing football could never be easier. Download Matchhark on Google Play or visit our website at matchhark.com. Truly a great match. Matchark.
0: Keep it simple. Get Down to Play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play.
1: Welcome to the Amateur Footballer podcast on the CERC platform. Thank you for the Suck team for allowing me to waffle. This episode, I had a conversation with Welling United ladies football team. Uh, I am now part of Part Of a project um, at Welling United, and I've been doing a lot more with Welling United ladies and and men's. Uh, this was a conversation ha- that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, the game that you will hear about on the 26th of March has, of course, come and gone, um, which was actually cancelled at the last minute. But, um, yeah, please kind of listen, and uh, you know, it's, it's kind of very interesting to. Hear their stories, um, how they got into football, why Welling United, and their hopes and dreams. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the Amateur Footballer Podcast on YouTube and also at the amateur footballer podcast on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Football YouTube channel and it's an absolute honour to have Hannah and Emily from Welling United Ladies. Have I got that right? That's all right, (laughs) just about. (laughs) Could you kind of talk about um, how um, Welling United Ladies was actually created?
0: I suppose, yeah, so we're we're three years old now, Um, so the beginning of of it i suppose it was m- middle of lockdown um i'd actually stopped playing for a few years myself um and fancied kicking the ball around again so i got in contact with an old friend of mine um she actually works with the uh, the girls academy still at wellin um and said look i fancy playing football like who are you playing for at the moment um and she said oh actually um i'm potentially looking to start up a team at wellin um, how, like, do you want to get on board, basically? Um, so it was, yeah, me, her and the previous manager. Um, and it was just us three. And it went from there, really. I, I pulled in a load of old recruits, that a load of has-beens. Um, and, um, yeah, we managed to sum up a, a 11 women. And, yeah, three years later, we're, we're still going. And we're now a team of 30.
1: And um, can I ask why you took a break away from football?
0: Um, yeah, I mean... I just started a job up London. Um, I was mid-twenties and thought, right, this is time for me to focus on my career. Um, I don't have time to train three times a week um, on top of a a usual what was 8 to 7 p.m. job. Um, It it took too much toll, really. Um, And I was riddled of injuries. So I just thought, you know what, I need a break, Um, hang my boots up. Um, so I think I had three years out, and then started up again in um, in lockdown.
1: Cool. And and Hannah, um, how did how did you get involved in in Welling?
2: Um, it was um, through someone that I knew that Emily knew, because um, football world is quite small in in, in the women's game. Um, so yeah, I saw it was promoted on social media really, and I'd been out for for a long long time. I hadn't played for ten years. Um, similar reasons to Emily, I had a full time job, working shift work, couldn't commit to you know late training nights and, and playing every Sunday. So I took the, the decision to give up and, and work really. So now I got into a bit of a position where I was able to commit, and I saw there was a um, a recruitment process going on for the for the Welling United you know, Women's team. So I thought, oh, why not give it one last shot? It's, it's now or never sort of thing. So yeah, and, and here we are today, three years later.
1: Oh, amazing, and and with the thirty footballers that you kind of have, um, do you let have a second team? Like how um, how does how does the structure work?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's something we're working towards for next season. Um, it's been like a, a strange few years to be honest. Like the first year was um, just trying to you know um, get a, a squad together. Um, and when you when you start up a women's football team, you have to start from the bottom, no matter what sort of, no matter the name or or anything. Um, so we had to start at that, that lower level, um, which I think we we got bumped up two leagues um, from from then. Um, that was purely on success because I yeah. think we
2: was we was almost too good for where we was at because yeah we were, we were quite decent at, at the time. So you know as Emily said, we jumped up two leagues like within a season.
0: Yeah, um, and then. From there, it's just I suppose last year uh, it was a, an average season for us. A big jump in in the levels. We lost a few players towards the back end of last season, so we've had to rebuild this season. Um, but a key thing for the growth of the cl- the team this year has been the new manager coming in, Keith Bonus. Um, obviously, is a he's got a reputable name, um, and with that comes people that want to play under underneath him. Um, so as well as our existing squad, we've had probably another ten. Uh, individuals join solely because of him and and what we're trying to do at the club. Yeah,
1: oh, amazing. And um, Emily, um, what's been the biggest takeaway from the Euros that the Lionesses won?
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it's massive, isn't it? Um, even for myself, like I, I was lucky enough to go to Wembley in the final, um, and that experience was. Yeah, it was it was something I, I I probably won't feel again. Um and seeing the the vast amount of people that were there at Wembley watching and everyone you spoke to was watching it, I've I've never had that before where so many different people were interested in the women's game.
1: Do you think we'll ever see a female manager managing a premiership team?
2: Oh, there has to be, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I mean that yeah, there's gotta be. I think you've got Mary Phillips at the moment. She's managing or was managing a team in uh, Peckham sort of way, um, a male's team. Um, and I think that's got to be the only female manager at the moment, a uh, decent men's standard. But in terms of the top level, I know Emma Hayes was talked about and her name was being bounded about I think for Wimbledon or something at the time, a couple of, maybe a couple of years ago. So I think it's, um, I think it's imminent.
1: Do you think there's like still a stigma over um, women playing playing football, um, especially like managing? Because of course, like everyone's seen Phil Neville managing the England team, and, and again, like I don't want to be that that guy, but I kind of looked at it and thinking, well, that that was a bit that was a bit suspicious to me. But I mean, do, do you think there's like still that stigma, um, especially at the top end?
0: I think so. I think there is. Um yeah. but I do feel like this year especially um it's it is changing. Um you see like you know the, the amount of women presenters that you have now in football um on Sky Sports etc it it's just a matter of time before that feeds into managerial and coach, coaching roles as well. Um and you know like the skill is no different. We've got we're lucky enough to have UA for a License um, coach Kim Dixon, who used to play at Chelten, she coaches us every Thursday, and her sessions are, you know, n- no better, better than some of the men coaches we've had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well,
2: I think I think you've only got to look at the World Cup where they had female assistants in play, um, so that that's a step in the right direction for one. But um, I think it is it's drip feeding into um, women into sort of men's game, and I think yeah, as time goes on, I think it will become the norm, hopefully.
1: Growing up, um, how like was it for you playing playing football? Um, how how like did your like peers take you playing football? Teachers, friends, etc.
2: Um, well, I went to an all girls school for one, <laughs> an all girls Catholic school, um, wow. and that's probably a good fifteen years ago, eighteen years ago or something now. Um, so you can imagine it wasn't a thing. I was probably one of two girls that played football in, in my whole school. Um, so it was all about netball and I'd be kicking netballs and breaking windows with <laughs> netballs and getting told, one, to kick the netball around because you can't kick netballs and two, smashing windows with netballs. It didn't go well. Um, so I, I, it was it was tough. Um, but I, I played at Charlton at the, at the time in school um, and that's all, I, all, that's all I wanted to do was play football. Um, didn't really care about school. Yeah, just went to play football and then went on to a football academy. College was based around football. So I was doing sort of a football education programme five days a week. Um and then yeah, it just sort of flew from there really. But then I gave up quite quickly. But but growing up, I was probably like a little boy back then, <laughs> so to speak, because we're talking about stigma and stuff. Yeah, I was I played in the boys' team growing up and then joined the girls' team when I was probably up like thirteen, fourteen. So Yes. Yeah. Back it's then. Different.
0: Back then it's completely different.
1: How like have your family supported you, you know in your journey um within the game?
0: Oh my, that's that's a good question for me because my daddy's super involved. Um for, for me, I started playing football when I was nine. Um I was lucky enough to be in the cohort that I think men's teams got money or funding for setting up a women's team or a girls' team. Um so I think I started playing under nines. Um, and they had no one to coach it, so my dad stepped up and um, coached me for a good two, three years, I think. So he was vital in like, sort of my development and my love of love of the game. And it was quite nice because I still got to, you know, do that father daughter thing. And it was something that he enjoyed as well. Um, he used to take me to Millwall. My mum used to take me to Chelsea. Um, so that was quite nice. My mum's always there watching. Um, normally the loudest one in the crowd. Um, <laughs> And that hasn't really changed from day one, really. So I've been quite lucky to have that consistency um, from from my upbringing. Um, even when I moved away from from the original club, um, went to Crystal Palace, and and then Cholton, they were always there uh, on the sidelines. Um, and it's done full circle now because my dad now is um, ball boy. Um, <laughs> is a gofer. Yeah. Is, is <laughs> For Welling United, so, um, and he's got all the gear as well, so he's, he's more than happy.
1: What well, makes Welling United ladies different from uh, other ladies' teams?
2: Well, I guess it was almost self-founded for Emily's, for Emily's point of view. Um, she was part of the, well, I don't want to speak for you, but she, I guess she was part of setting it up, so that that's one thing. Um, we've both been there from the start, and then we're probably one of, or two of, four or five people out like of the 30 players that we've got that that've been there from the start so i think that holds something special for both of us i think uh, that, well
0: in. yeah that sort of um encompasses like the whole whole team you know like there's a, a lot of passion there um because we have been there um for a long time and i think that then feeds into the wider team um even people that have just joined us this season um it's like they've been there since the f- the first day we started um because straight away they are you know We're one team. Um, Yeah, yeah. and I think, just
2: to elaborate on that, I think everyone at the team plays their own part in trying to make it a success. And that's not just winning games week in, week out. It's anything from social media. It's anything from um, going out and doing these sorts of things or going to the business club at Welling on a Wednesday night, just promoting the women's team, um, trying to get sponsorship. Um. Physiotherapy. Some of the girls are physios. They did a physio for us. It's, it's sort of like a it's sort of one family. It's, it's everyone's of, got
0: their role. Yeah, everyone's got a role to play. And I was actually having a conversation with someone today, um, and you know, I think what you what you find quite often in larger groups and larger teams is that there is rifts within within the groups and the social circles. And um, what's really nice is that we don't have that at all. Um, you know, like we do have people that are sixteen and we have people that are forty. And they are, there's literally no different. And they, they get on exact like everyone does. Um, and like Han said, there's, there's roles and everyone has one. Um, and, and I
2: think... It varies a lot as well. Like you've got one of the girls that coaches some of the under-11 girls well in team. So there's, there's a constant connection. Well, not just between mm. us. It's, it's linking into other parts of the club as well. Yeah.
0: Well, I think what you find with teams at this level... Is that um, everyone has to chip in to make it work, um, and we've definitely nailed that, mm. I think, um, because everyone definitely does their bit to make sure that we we stay afloat, we we can perform. Um, most importantly, on on a Sunday,
1: Emily, you've um, I heard an interview that you did that coaching. Well, you know, after you finished playing, coaching is something that you didn't really want to do. Uh, can I ask why?
0: Um. You know what? I don't know if I've done full circle on that, maybe. Um, I I think when I was a little bit younger, um, I went to college and done a, a sports coaching course. And then I went to university and done um, PE teaching and sports coaching. So that's what I was educated on and um, was my, I suppose, what I was beelining for, for, for a career. Um, and I'm not sure if that put me off slightly, actually. Um I don't know if I was too young at the time to go straight into a career within within that sort of position. Um, I feel a lot more equipped now, um, the older I am to be able to share my knowledge and direct um younger players. Um so actually I do think that maybe it would be something I would consider in the future when I don't when I can no longer play. Mm. <laughs> but okay. I don't know how it's be.
1: Uh, and uh, Hannah have have you kind of thought about um your kind of career outside of football once you retire
2: um well I guess I did retire once and then I missed it too much and came back um so I've probably not got long left in me to be honest and I I don't know where it'll take me um but I guess being involved in different aspects now like I pick up the um women's match day sort of secretary role um so you never know where that leads to. Um, now getting involved in some of the women women business club at, at the club. Um, we're lucky so, enough to be on the board. Yeah, well. we're so board got, we're on the board as well, so we represent the women in, in that aspect as well. So we have a bit of a voice up there, trying to make a difference. Um,
0: but coaching's not not for me. I don't think. No, I think no. yeah, I think going back to the coaching side, um, I think what's changed that for me is. My, my confidence was probably quite low when I um, played before. So I went from Charlton, um under 18s to playing in their reserve team, went away to university for a little while, come back and played for Gillingham first team. Uh, I was there for a good three, four years. Um, and, Although I was, I was making the team, I was I was playing week in week out. I never really felt confident. I don't think um, maybe that was to do with age. I, I don't know. Um, but obviously, starting this team up from scratch and it being a slightly lower level that has given me a, a, a bit of confidence to I don't know grow as a player. Um, I think technically, but also like as a as a whole. Um, and I see it more now as a package um, and being. But the cap, the captain of the team at the moment that's allowed me to explore, like, I suppose, the, the leadership, the communication on and off the pitch. Um, so I feel like those skills have probably allowed me to and would allow me to explore the coaching world a little bit easier and, and better now. Mm.
1: Um, and and please educate me on this. Um, I know, um, there's a huge push now regarding. Um, mental health, especially in the men's game. How is it in the in the ladies' game? I mean, is it kind of something that you guys talk about? Is um, do you have people that you can speak to? Uh, what's what's the process?
0: I think we're lucky enough. Um, if you compare it directly to the men's game, um, that women are tend to be uh, some of us a little bit more open with with our emotions than than men potentially. Um, you know, you've got the drive for men to talk, um, and it's okay to talk. Um, obviously, that is across the spectrum of, of both female and, and males. Um, but I think as a network and a group, we probably support each other a little bit more than the men's, te- men's side. Um, you know, we, we've everyone's hormonal and up and down. And I think we we understand that quite a lot. So, so we're there for each other, whether it's me, whether it's someone else who you're closer to on the team. Um, I think we talk quite a lot, um, in terms of how we're feeling, if you're struggling that week and why. Um, so I think it is spoken about a lot more. Um, but the support in terms of professional support, I don't think is, is, is there, um, as as maybe you would a, a men's team at this level.
2: I just just to add to that, and I think um I think in the women's game, I think people are a lot more open. Um you can be who you want and whatever you want, whether that's, you know, I don't know, whatever wherever whatever your background is, it doesn't doesn't matter in a women's game. You can be who you want in the changing room where there's probably a little bit of stigma around the men's in the men's game and in a changing room you probably can't necessarily be who you want to be. Um And that sort of stuff. So I think in terms of, yeah, the mental health aspects, I think, yeah, as a team, as our team, we're we're quite open. Mm.
0: But on the flip side of that, I also do feel like um, the pressure sometimes of, I don't know, trying to, at at the higher levels, I suppose, um, where you're not supported in a way that maybe you would be at a higher level men's team, the pressure is quite a lot and can be quite damaging. Um, I think the team is supportive, but maybe the staff availability isn't as as much.
1: Who's the showstopper in your team, and why?
0: <laughs> should we say? What should we say on three? Go on then. <laughs> in terms of showstopper, what's your definition of showstopper?
1: <laughs> uh, I someone that's you know gonna get me out of my seat um someone someone that's gonna kind of rally up the crowds um someone that's full of energy
2: okay i have just... got it all
1: right. all right
2: i'm free go on then
0: one two three Liv. Liv. oh oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I
2: thought the same yeah <laughs> okay fine go on you know yours bro. no i agree live <laughs> He's copying me now. <laughs> um, Who was you going to say? I was going to say Lily Maple.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wait till she hears <laughs> that. Wait till she hears
0: <laughs> that. No, but Lily's uh, there or more yeah, often than Lily at the moment.
2: It's true. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Why would yeah. you say Lily? Lily's a great player. Yeah, she's a, yeah. She, of course, she is. <laughs> We're all great players. You're gonna have to edit.
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> keeping this exactly how it we- is. <laughs> uh,
2: Liv, Liv is a showstopper. She's um, she absolutely rattles people week in, week out. Um, yeah, she's 100 percent someone you'd have in your team. I can't believe
0: you didn't say Liv straight away. <laughs> she'd like she'd be the person who would be like go in, absolutely clatter someone with a tackle, like, uh, like, up high up the pitch, get everyone else going and then, like, you've just got to look at the facials in some of the pictures but when we score, she'll, like, proper give it some. <laughs> I was going to say, something,
2: but it's embarrassing if she hears this.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, great player. <laughs> um, yeah, gets, gets us all going as well. Um
2: She's another one that's been with us since the start, um, one of the OGs.
1: You guys mentioned briefly about Keith uh, um, and his influence. Could you, could you kind of, Talk talk more about Keith's knowledge and actually what he's brought to Welling.
2: Yeah, so Keith's been up with us probably since July. Um see so he was he was out for work, um dropped him a message, said, Do you fancy it? Um because I'd worked with Keith a long, long time ago, knew what he was about. Um just on the off chance he's oh, you never know. And he was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll um, I'll come and have a chat with you. I need to have a chat with." We couldn't believe it, could we? No, we was like, "Oh my god, like,
1: he's actually a good
2: <laughs> chat. Right. We thought it was a complete long shot. We thought he was going to have to go and find another club to go and play
1: for.
2: <laughs> no, know, keep coming save the day, and yeah, he's just completely transformed formed the team. He's brought in some really good coaches with him: um, Kim, Muller, um, Jeff, who's our um, strength and conditioning coach. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just got us playing playing together now. Um, and just brought a completely different dynamic and an element of seriousness as well. And, and he'll be the first to tell you he's not keen on the social side of things at our level. Um, but he set out his stall from the start to the girls, and um, yeah, no one's ever looked back.
0: Yeah, he's really brought that sense of like professionalism, hasn't mm. he? To, to the that, no mucking about, yeah, no messing <laughs>
1: mm. and. And when you said the social side, what is in the social media side, or just like the the kind of drinking no, and,
2: and? I mean, you know, at our level, it can be seen as you, you turn up, you have a kickabout, and you know, you go home, you have a beer, um, you turn up Sunday, you don't look the part, You've you gone know, out the night before, yeah, and it's all it's all a, just for fun, really. But you know, he's all about no, you turn up to training before you meant to be there, like you know, the start time's eight thirty, but you actually should get there at eight. Um, and, and you're ready to go boots on straight away. You know you train hard, you work hard, you do your stuff off the pitch. You're doing your analysis every week. You send them your post match evaluations, all that sort of stuff. It's it's constant. Um, but yeah, it gets us moving in the right direction for sure.
0: But yeah, it makes you think about why not why you're doing it, but you know where you want to get to. Um, and yes, we're playing at a low level, but um, we all want to win. and and so does he and you know that's only possible by putting in the effort that we do um it's so easy isn't it to take it lightly um but yeah he's definitely not not about that Uh,
2: we want to be a club that that's competing at at a decent standard and we want to get promotion if it's it's mathematically possible this season but if we don't definitely next season we want to be getting promoted and you know, we want to be winning trophies and earning ourselves a bit of money out of competitions and stuff like that. So you, you can only do that if you're serious about it. Um, and that comes from the manager, it comes from the players. So him instilling that into us,
0: it, it has to happen, really. Yeah, but that doesn't take away from actually us socialising, you know. Like, no, no, so yeah. we're all still really, like a really tight-knit group um, and we do socialise outside of football. Um, like, for example, we've got, like, a code of conduct thing that, you know, we all have to stay for an hour or for one drink, whether it's a soft drink or, or not, um, after the game to make sure that we are socialising and, you know, putting money behind the bar and things like that. Um, so we're still keen for all, all of that stuff, but it's, you know, the professionalism of it.
1: Hmm. And, like, how has, like, the kind of age of social media ever helped or, or literally hindered, like, you footballers personally and also the club?
2: Um, I don't think it's affected me personally. I don't think it's been a good or bad
0: thing for me, to be honest. Um, I think, I mean, we're, we're quite lucky in in terms of um, one of our players does our social media. So we've got Grace Laverick, who um, joined us um I think a few months into our first season. Um, she's been a great addition to the team. Um, and like I say, another, another cog in the wheel. Um, she does all of our social media alongside now the men's social media manager. Um, so all of that is aligned now. Uh, it took us a, a little while to get that underway. Um, before it was just her, which was quite tricky. Um, so we probably wasn't getting the coverage that, that we wanted. Um but yeah, that's all, that's all aligned now and she's doing a really great job alongside him with that. So that's really helping us with our sales for um, supporters and, and fans to come and watch us. Our most recent game, uh, we had a record number of, of, of um, supporters and that's because we sold tickets online. Um, and that was obviously then boosted with our social media as well. Um, we also use social media to try and find sponsors um so what we decided to do at the beginning of this season was for every player to get a sponsor and that would go the money would go towards the day-to-day running of the women's club but also like kits and things as well. Um so I think we we've done quite well we managed to get 15 players sponsored um and that was all through pretty much all through who you know and social media. So it's been good for us.
1: How would you describe your style of play in one word? And again, why should people come and watch Welling United Ladies?
0: Style of play personal or team? I think the team. The team. One word. You're good at this sort of thing, aren't (laughs) we? I'm a (laughs) whistler.
2: One word. Oh god, I don't want to get it wrong because if Keith watches, he'll be like, no, that's not right. (laughs) Refer to one of the files I sent you. So um, really put us on the spot. Our style of play? Take no chances.
0: Take no chances. Okay, he does say that quite a lot. <laughs> what if? What if? Always remember the what if. Always remember. Keith's got quite a few of, you know, non-negotiables when it comes to how, how we play. Um... Or take your chances. No, I wouldn't say that was one. I actually don't know. It's It's a style of play. I don't know. But why people should come and watch us.
2: (laughs) Um, I think fluid keeps coming to mind. Okay. I don't know. Are we fluid yet? We're, We're trying to be Fluid.
0: I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I mean we we're all very passionate, um, and we we put up a good fight. So that's that's what you get from from comments, and also like a community thing. Like for example, we had um, a few mascots on Sunday. They came and warmed up with us. So um, I, I'd love to get some more girls that are playing football locally um to come and join us um for some support they can come out on the pitch you know be mascots with the with the players and, and do a warm-up with us um that's what that's what the aim is and that's what the next steps are for us to, to really make sure that we're spreading um and and inspiring the, the younger generation really
1: hmm. okay um i'm gonna i'm gonna say something so um <laughs> my eldest daughter I only realized maybe about a month ago that she's into football i, sw- I-, I swear down to you
0: <laughs> how old I- is she
1: she's eleven okay and um and she played a game today uh and I watched her play and, she- oh, and she's and she's and she's, and she's pretty tough yeah, she's pretty tough um so um i'm gonna bring her down to a game and let's see if uh she can be one of the mascots 20-
2: how of for march is a game for country. Now we're playing Ashford um, at home on the 26th of March. 26th um, of March. And that's, that's going to be a game to watch. That's going to be a pure battle, that one.
1: Thank you so much for like, coming on. Please like and subscribe. And we'll see you on another show.
0: Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Bye.
1: Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchHawk. Playing football could never be easier. Download MatchHawk on Google Play or visit our website at matchhawk.com. Truly a great match, MatchHawk.
0: This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.